Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. I'm Mark Pugh, Pastor of Outreach and Operations here at the Vine, and I'm really thankful to be able to serve with you guys this morning. Um, Everybody that's here, thank you, and everybody that's online, thank you for being a part of our family this morning. You know, here we've been talking about family and how important it is that it matters. This has been our sermon series for the last many weeks that we've been in, and uh, we've seen how husband and wives, they're to submit to one another as they submit to the Lord in their relationships, and that parents and children, how, how do they relate together? And this morning, we're going to be talking about work and our working relationships and a few others that are in God's kingdom family. You know, work can be hard. Uh, back in, the, in the, the day when I was in the business world, I used to ask my employees a lot of times, I'd have fun with it. What's your morale? One to 10. I was so excited. I'd want to move them just a little closer to finding joy in their work. So what was it? One to 10. And you rarely find somebody that's a 10. Like even me, I love working, but it's rare that I'm a 10 in my, in my morale. And so it's interesting because I think part of the problem is with work is that there are people involved. <laughs> and that's hard. Work relationships are hard. It'd be so cool if all we had to do is just a bunch of tasks. We could just knock them off. Man, that feels so good for at least me. Um, So, you know, we talk about being on this journey to flourish a lot at the Vine. We're on a journey in our life, and we need to realize that our working relationships, they are so important that we understand that to be able to flourish. We know family matters, but we often don't think about the fact that the people we volunteer alongside of or the people we work with or the people we go to school with or play sports with, they're part of a family. It's in God's kingdom, the vastness of his kingdom. We have all sorts of relationships that are important. And in this passage today, we're going to see that the contents of it really applies to most all of our relationships that are outside of our immediate family. Because I don't think we have a real biblical perspective of work, we tend to struggle to understand that we need God's grace to flourish. I think most of us that have been in the business world, we think, well, the reason why we work is to go provide for our families. And that messes up the meaning and the purpose that we get out of work. We struggle to really understand and see that it's through work that we're sanctified. You know, I can remember when I wasn't a believer and I was working, it was all about me. It was all about getting ahead. It was about making money. That was what was important to me. But that's so limiting. The reality is that this is how we as believers are sanctified. God grows us through our work. And I think we're meant to enjoy it. It's important. So today we're going to see how we need God's grace to flourish in our work relationships. I think this passage, again, it applies to a lot more people than we realize. You might be sitting out there going, eh, I don't work. I don't, I don't have working relationships. I don't work out of the house. But I think this involves you. You go to the grocery store. You eat out. You volunteer. You may teach kids or coach kids. There are so many applications and so many people that we interact with on a regular basis. So let's go ahead and open our Bibles. 
It's uh, Ephesians chapter 6. This is 6, verse 5 to 9. And we're going to see how we need God's grace to flourish in our work and relationships. So bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. Whether he is a bond servant or free. Masters do the same and stop your threatening. Knowing that he who is both their master is yours in heaven. And that there is no partiality with him. So as we look at this passage, we're going we're to do this again using that acronym COMMA. Um, I think we're, uh, it's a great way just to learn and study the Bible. And, and, and just as a little reminder of what that is, is comma, it's, it's beyond an acronym. I think it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to pause and be refreshed in God's word. So let's look at context. We've mentioned this uh, probably most weeks, so you probably got it by now, but Paul is in jail while he's reading, writing this. And uh, that kind of is crazy to me. Because if you read this, it's amazing that it sure seems like he's flourishing while he's in jail. And there's a part of me that's like, well, there's something to that. How is he able to flourish while in jail? And I'm, I'm struggling to flourish on a daily, on a daily basis. Um, you know, we see if we, if we read through the chapters of the whole book, we'll get a little idea of what's going on as a whole. Chapters 1 to 3, this is where Paul is talking about the beauty of God's love for us. And then chapters four through six is where we start seeing how he's asking us to live that out to others. And and a really important reminder, we started the sermon series with this. It holds true to all of our relationships. And every week, chapter five, verse 21 says that we're submitting to one another. And that's so important that we would submit to one another in all of our relationships, even our work ones, which to me, that's even harder to submit to one another. Paul was a worker. This is context. He was a tent maker. He was generous. I think he was able to fund a lot of mission that God would have him on because of his work. And his work gave him experience that he could understand the difficulties of working relationships to draw from. I'm sure that shaped his message. So that's his context. That's our context. Looking at observations, the O in in the comma. And this is where it's good to just kind of read through the passage you're looking at pretty quickly. You're looking for words that repeat. Um, You're looking for key phrases or maybe words you don't understand. And so I I made a list of some things that I thought were interesting for us. And the first thing that caught my eye was in verse 5. We see the word bondservants. Um, That that can be translated a lot of times as slaves. Um, So that's a tough concept. What's that mean? And and the, the Greek word is doulos. It can mean a lot of different things like serve and tool and minister, advise. Um, But in most cases, it means to be a servant or to be a slave. But bond servants back then were different than what we would think of as slavery today. Um, Bond servants, they weren't free. They couldn't vote, but they could do most anything else in society. A lot of times a person would become a bond servant because they dealt with a a drought or a famine and they couldn't provide for their family anymore. So they would basically indebt themselves to be a servant of the family 
to work off this debt. It gave their family protection. And this is, this is really important. They, they didn't have just menial work out of this. Their work was good for the community. It was good for the family. They were loyal to their, to their masters. They realized when the master succeeded, it was good for them. So this is a, a large difference between what we think of as our, the tragic slavery that it came about in our country versus what's described here. There's other verses that, that were kind of interesting, or other phrases in verse 5. It says, obey with fear and trembling. I'm like, who wants to do that? That doesn't sound very fun to have to obey with fear and trembling. But if you, if you understand those words a little bit, it, it, it can also mean with reverence or sincere loyalty. And that starts to shape how we view this. The next uh, piece that was sincere heart, we're serving with a sincere heart. Again, I, that was a little bit, I'm not 100% sure what that means, so I looked it up. Eagerness, enthusiasm, wholeheartedly. So now we got a different perspective of what our working relationships look like, that we're to be eager, we're to be enthusiastic, we're wholeheartedly serving, we're reverent, we're loyal. That's probably a pretty attractive way to be in your work. Um, that verse 6 has bond servants of Christ. That kind of makes sense from knowing what a bond servant is, that we would serve Christ. Um, but again, as a bondservant of Christ, our work is not menial. It's important all that we do, not just making money, but volunteering, again, teaching, coaching, other things that we do. They all have value. It's important. This is why we serve. We serve out of our loyalty of Christ. It's important. And then in verse 6, we see not by the way of eye service, not by Eye service, that was, you don't hear that phrase every day. Um, But that means somebody who's just working when the boss is around. They work differently. They're not working all the time. So about a decade ago, um, maybe not that long ago, I'm doing a performance review with the guy that works for me. Um, I really like him. He's a good worker. He's a good guy. It seems like he's doing pretty well. Um, And so in the review, he would go assess himself. Um, and then I would you know, look at that. I'd also ask people to evaluate him, see how he was fitting in. And what I found was he evaluated himself like I would have. He's a good worker, a lot of great uh, characteristics, and he was doing well. He's pretty new there. Um, but then when I looked at the, the team's feedback, I realized, uh-oh, we got a problem. This guy works differently in front of me as he does the rest of the team. And he was a believer. But you know what? I don't think he trusted the Lord for his work. He didn't trust the Lord for the working relationships that he had. And so he learned that that's not good, that we can't, nobody really wants to be around somebody like that in the workplace. We've all got to learn to trust the Lord in who we are and in our work and our career. So if you look back at the observations, I had one more kind of thing that struck me. At verse 5, 6, and 7, there was a phrase that was a little different, but it, was, but it kind of had similar meaning to it, I thought. And it says, verse 5 says, as you would Christ. So you would obey as you would Christ. And then the next verse says, as bondservants of Christ. So we're working as bondservants of Christ. And then verse 7 says that we're served. We provide service as to the Lord and not to man. And so when we pull all this together, I think it affects the meaning of the passage. 
We look at the M, the first M of comma. What, what does this mean? I think that everything we're to do is to do as if we're working for Christ. There's two sets of relationships in this too that we can see when we think about the meaning. We see that from verse 9. We see verse 9 says, do the same to them. And so there must be some similarities that we're supposed to do, and there's two different groups of people. And so as we break this down and we're going to look a little further, we're going to see the perspective of God's grace as the, as the worker and the bondservant, and how do we need God's grace as the boss. And we've got to remember again that we submit to each other. That both the boss and the worker submits to one another. They are after the best interest of each other. And that's really important because they're really serving Christ. Okay, so we, we got the meaning. Let's go look at the, first, the second M and the A from comma. That's the second M talks about what are the motives of our heart? What prevents us in our heart from really wanting to obey this? And then how do we apply it? So we're going to look at this with each group. I want to start with the worker or the bondservant. But, but before I do this, as we're thinking about how we need God's grace to flourish in our work relationships, what is grace? I mean, sometimes that can be a confusing term. And sometimes we think of grace and we think of mercy. Mercy is where we don't get what we deserve. But grace, it's, it's way more than that. Grace is where we get a gift instead of a punishment. You see, when Christ died on the cross, he took the punishment for our sin, for our rebellion, for our uh, just selfishness, our desire to always be right, our desire to do what was good for me versus others, or maybe even not caring about what God would have for us at all. You know, we're all sinners. But those of us who put our faith in Christ, we become family. We're in his family. We believe that he died for us. And even more than that, that he was raised from the dead. This is so important that he took our sin upon himself and he gave us his righteousness. That's his right standing in front of God. So God the Father, when, when he looks at us, he doesn't see our, our dumb things that we do. He doesn't see our sin. He sees the beauty of of Jesus in us. We have the Holy Spirit living inside us because of God's grace. And the more we learn to trust the Holy Spirit, the more we will change. What's really important about this for our passage is that we got to realize we can't do it on our own. We can't care for the people in our lives. We've seen this almost every week. We can't care for the people in our lives the way the Bible describes us to do without God's grace. We can't serve as if we're serving the Lord. We will fail at that. As, our, as we experience God's amazing love for us, it will transform us. It transforms who we are and how we think. That's God's grace working in our life that, that we actually change, that we see and understand the means of grace that he's given us to pray, to, to read our Bible, to, to mentor and care for one another and coach. These are means of grace that, that we get to apply in our life. So hopefully we understand grace just a little bit better. So let's go look at these different categories of work. So one is the, that we need God's grace as we work for others. And we see this in verses 
5 through 7. We read that. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. So we can see in the text several things right away that, and these are stuff we've already talked about in the, uh, when we observe the text, that we're supposed to be reverent and loyal to our coworkers, to our company. We're to serve with a sincere heart. We're to be eager and, and, and enthusiastic with what we're doing, like we're serving Christ. We're to work hard all the time versus just when people are watching us. And finally, in verse 7, we're to, we're to provide good services as if working for the Lord. So why is it that we struggle and we end up kind of behaving like this? Hi, I'm here to see the, the fairy godmother. I'm sorry she's not in. Jerome, coffee and a Monte Cristo, now! Oh, yes, fairy godmother, right away. Look, she's not seeing any client today, okay? That's okay, buddy. We're from the union. The union? We represent the workers in all magical industries, both evil and benign. Oh, all right. Are you feeling at all degraded or oppressed? Uh, a little. Well, we don't even have dental. They don't even have dental. They, they don't even have dental. I mean, we so often complain we complain about our coworkers. We complain about our companies. We don't have a great attitude about work a lot. Without God's grace in our life, I think we're going to struggle to be reverent and loyal to the companies or the people we work for. You know, I wonder how different would our work relationships be if, if we were loyal to them like we are to our sports teams. Or our kids. Man, we seem pretty passionate about them. Why do we treat work differently? I think some of it is because we really have a misunderstanding for serving Christ in our work. We're missing that purpose. But also, I think it's our motives. The motives of our heart, they, they prevent us from really being great ambassadors for Christ. You know, I think uh, Paul saw this. In Ephesus, this is partially why I think he's writing this, right? They had the same stuff going on back then as we do today. You know, Dr. Tom Wood and, and our Vital Grace Workshop, we just had that a couple weekends ago. That points out to us that the more we understand God's grace in our life, the more we're going to understand these three things. Really important. We're completely forgiven. We have nothing to hide, no shame. It's because of God's grace. We're perfectly righteous in Jesus. We have nothing to prove. We have no guilt because of God's grace. We are eternally loved. We have nothing to fear. Again, because of God's grace. Imagine how living, like we really believe that, how that might affect our work relationships, our work with our bosses. Wouldn't that give us great freedom if we really understood that, that, that we, we wouldn't necessarily have this desire that we got to work the schedule we want to work. We'd be in it for the best interest of others. We wouldn't be worried about our advancement. We'd be willing to talk up other people's work. 
We wouldn't be so worried about change that it makes us uncomfortable. A new job, a new system, a new career. We'd be okay with that because we would trust that the Lord has us. All of this prevents us from journeying, from flourishing on this journey that we're on. And I think this happens over and over and over again because we don't really believe. We don't really believe Jesus died for us. We don't believe the creator of the universe loves us. And that impacts us. That impacts our journey. You know what's going to be kind of awesome? We're not going to have to deal with this when we're in heaven. For those of us who have faith that believe that Jesus died for us, there's not going to be manipulation going on in heaven. We're going to be easily wanting to enthusiastically serve and be reverent and be loyal as if serving the Lord. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be our normal state. And we can get a little taste of this right now. If we'll have a heart of gratitude. If we really believe and know Jesus loves us, I think we get that taste in all that we do. Okay, so that talks a lot about how we're to work as bond servants, as workers. Let's talk about how we need God's grace as others work for us. We see this in verse 6-9. If we look at that, it says, Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master is yours in heaven. And there is no partiality with him. You know, we immediately see that the boss is really supposed to treat the worker the same as the worker is supposed to treat the boss. There's no big difference here. We're to submit to one another. We've already talked about it. We submit, we submit, we submit to each other. That will impact our relationships. That would impact our work relationships. We put the best interest of the team in front of ourselves. We serve with a sincere heart. We're loyal, we're enthusiastic. We realize that Christ is their boss and my boss. And Christ doesn't see any difference between a boss and a worker. There's no partiality with him. I think this applies to all sorts of relationships. Again, beyond the, quote, business world. This affects us as we go buy groceries, as we're teachers and students and we play sports. We go eat out. All these things are relevant. You know, when you hired your last contractor at the house, did you try to get like, every ounce of value out of them? I mean, like you were so excited about all the work that you got out of that person that you were like, man, I stewarded God's resources well. I do that. But I have to pause occasionally and think, yeah, maybe I didn't have the right heart motivation. Maybe I didn't submit to them. Maybe I really wasn't partnering with them. Maybe I didn't really love my neighbor. Because all these people that the Lord has put in our life are our neighbors. I wish we could see that our work and our working relationships was all about bringing glory to God. That our work should be a holy endeavor. And it's way more than just providing for our families. Maybe then we'd be more apt to pray. To pray for the people we work with. To pray for those relationships. Let me go ahead and give you one more example of uh, how I've struggled um, with this kind of being the boss. Uh, So several months ago, we're at Publix. Love Publix. And we're getting subs. Okay, we've got got to get four. And I'm at the counter. 
And uh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm always in a hurry. And I see two workers coming and I'm like, man, I hope I get this guy. I hope I get this guy. I got the other guy. All right. So he served me before. And the problem is he is really, really, really slow. Super nice guy, but he's slow. So 45 minutes, I get four subs. All right. At the 15 minute mark, I'm with my 14 year old Riley and, uh, and she's seeing it happen. And so she comes up to me 15 minutes. She says, Dad, you okay? And I'm like, wow, I haven't said a word. And it's that clear that I'm about to explode. And so I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, I need to tell you, this is not your calling. Making subs is not the right job for you. I'm looking at the manager and I'm thinking, is today today? Do I do this? Do I like help this guy out? I mean, it's driving me crazy. My kid is starting to tell me jokes now. Trying to, she hadn't said a word. How silly is this? I wasn't flourishing. I had no joy going on whatsoever. It was by God's grace that my child was able to discern this and keep me calm. We see that our desires of our heart gets us in trouble. It makes us do silly stuff. Our desire to achieve becomes more important than caring for somebody, than wanting to grow somebody, somebody that's around you. We'd rather achieve. We'd rather be in control than let somebody else have an idea to run with, or maybe even not let them make a mistake. Our desire for approval makes me so badly want my work to be more important than your work. These things don't bring us joy, but there is hope. God can change us. I mean, I look at myself over the last 20 years, I am way less of a workaholic than I used to be. I am far more enthusiastic in desiring to, to care for others versus just get stuff done. You know, this is God's grace in my life. He's changed me. We've got to learn to get a handle on these idols. We've got to understand them because they rob our joy. They cause us to, to wish away our work. And again, the only way that we're going to enjoy and flourish in our work is through God's grace. We can't do this on our own. We've seen this previously in, in some of our other sermons. That back in chapter 5, uh, verse 18, it tells us that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We must learn to pause and listen for the Holy Spirit in our life, in our actions. Do you do this? You know, I know I struggle. I'm always on the go. I struggle to pause and say, Lord, help me. What do I do now? So I meet with Pastor John a lot. Um, he's my gospel coach. And over this year, I've been working on this very thing. Um, and he's helped me a lot, building a little bit of a strategy around, well, how do I become more Holy Spirit driven? So it's not me driven. And so we've said, hey, every time you interact with somebody, every time you're in a meeting, pause three times. Ask the Lord, tell me what's next. What am I supposed to hear, say, or do? This has been a huge help to me in my life. I'd encourage you guys to embrace something like that. You know, we spoke earlier about how we're sanctified through our work relationships. And it's through God's grace that he's working on us. As we work, he's doing a work on us. Don't wish it away. 
Ask God to show you how He wants to grow you through these relationships that He's put in front of you. Ask Him, how do you become more open to the Holy Spirit? Beg Him. Beg Him to enjoy your work so that others are going to see the beauty of you bringing glory to Christ. That others will see and know that you understand God's grace and that is helping you flourish. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we trust you, Lord, even though it's hard. Lord, and we just beg you to do a work in our life to help us see and know you. That we would rely more and more on your Holy Spirit, Lord. That we would desire to be reverent and loyal and enthusiastic in our work relationships. Lord, amongst all of our relationships, we'd want to submit to each other. And we'd come to you first to submit. Lord, help us. Lord, as we come together for now a meal to be a part of a family and encourage one another, uh, Lord, I, I just beg you to make your presence be really known right now. Lord, thank you. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.